1: Hey, kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling, too. It's late night Saturday. It's actually Sunday for Chris at this point. Better late than never. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. Hawkins is um,
0: past my bedtime. What are we doing here? You you said there would be candy, and there's not. There's just a Zoom call and a podcast. No, I understand that. You lied. uh, You lied again.
1: Had you been able to do it Friday night? Uh wait.
0: <laughs> so so you tricked me out I was sleeping. I was having my dreams about architecture and they've been interrupted rudely by you once again. Okay, fine.
1: Yeah, uh Lazy River may not be open today just cuz uh <laughs> scheduling and stuff. I watched Starcade 89. I know I promised you guys that. Uh but we're going to do mostly a full gear review after that cuz I don't have a lot of news to be honest with you uh and, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot on TV, in my opinion, in terms of uh, Survivor Series build that really caught my eye. Chris, was there was there a lot that caught your eye?
0: <laughs> WWE has an uncanny ability to make hours upon hours of television and have basically none of it have any consequence. Exactly.
1: <laughs> like the go home will have something. It'll have an invasion of shirts and you know and then we'll go to it because we know the deal here but uh go a little bit into the news a couple of lighter items first uh ratings among all shows on cable for the week raw was 18th dynamite 36 rampage 74th new shows did much better than usual this week due to the election if you take out news and major sports raw was third for the week dynamite ninth and rampage 18th And that is with Raw having one of its all-time low hours in the third hour, I believe, too. (laughs) People didn't want to watch Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens for the 800th time.
0: You know, on the one hand, I get why people don't necessarily find, like, the discussion or the debate of, what will it take for AEW to overtake WWE to be, mm-hmm. like, an interesting debate? But on another hand, y'all, like, this is a very, very poorly written television show that somehow has the uncanny ability to get to third. Like, <laughs> and, and, like, it, it's a bad wrestling show. The the clear it's brand. It's brand loyalty. Brand loyalty. But, like, Hawkins, what this says to me is the existence that a better wrestling show would be able to do better because if a bad wrestling show is doing this surely a better one would do better yes and, and so it remains to me interesting like well, an, I an mean, interesting conversation like no because i will, will
1: say dynamite is a great show rampage is my favorite because it's one hour it's solid all the way through in and out that's what i want but I just think I just think every it's one of those things where it's like
0: soda pop, Coca-Cola.
1: It it's that it's that strong and that's going to be hard to topple that.
0: But the the problem with your Coca-Cola analogy here is that it supposes that Pepsi is superior to Coca-Cola, which it is not. Uh, the, the you know, an occasion, a Pepsi is an interesting change of pace, but it's the change of pace soda, it's not the main soda, it will always be the change of pace. don't, are you making a face to me like Pepsi's a, a worthy contender to Coca Cola?
1: I was thinking not, RC,
0: RC is actually good though. I like RC, but no, uh, yeah, I'm right. thinking,
1: I'm thinking WWE right. is just Coca-Cola well, uh, well, and... like, no,
0: like AEW is like, is, I mean, is the RC Cola, yeah, like I don't, that's...
1: Mean, I don't mean quality here, Chris, I just mean market space, like, like, curating, like. Like you, when you say wrestling, you think Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Rock. But I, I I think
0: this is it's it matters because it would require like Coca-Cola for the last twenty years to have been putting out like a much weaker version of what Coca-Cola is than it was in the nineties. And everyone still just drinks it out of brand loyalty. And Coca-Cola is the same Coca-Cola it's always been. WWE is not the same WWE it's always been. That's true. It It has been on a declining arc, or worse still, the way it's been declining is by being like a weird monument to the year 2002. It's like they try to change as little as possible, um, and have as much continuity over the last 20 years as possible.
1: I will give credit where credit is due because we're not going to do, well, maybe we can do a little lazy river here in the news because I only have one other story here, and it's about, uh, it's about it's about Michelle Wilson and George Berrios and where they decided to put their money, and it's just fascinating. But before we get into the full gear thing, credit where due, I'm not big on Aaliyah, but the way they debuted her made her seem like a big deal. And the crowd responded accordingly. Now, I, I hate the story on both shows of we're pulling you off the Survivor Series team. And now both Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville are both bad people, which I don't like unless there's an Earth 1 and an Earth 3 Adam Pierce.
0: I like that Ali was trying to reboot Retribution, that Ali <laughs> only has one idea. And that <laughs> one idea is to go to disgruntled employees and try to get a faction together with them. <laughs>
1: I kind of want this to be a running joke forever. Yeah, oh, Ali's there. He just wants. He,
0: hey guys, He's got one idea.
1: Di <laughs> Jack comes after he loses his next match. Hey, got an idea for you.
0: I bet you're pretty mad. This company doesn't treat you very well, does it?
1: That and I thought Charlotte had an outstanding promo. On SmackDown, that's that was my favorite Charlotte promo ever. It's almost like almost like gives no f's because she's already in the doghouse a bit. Charlotte Flair, and I, you know to- Tony Storm is finally gonna, gonna get a chance to do something on TV, which is fine. But other than that, eh, n- nothing here. Uh, <laughs> Becky is dressing like she's <laughs> a disco ball for some reason. I don't get this, but
0: uh you know. they I, they turned Dewdrop heel right. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, they did during a Raw. <laughs>
0: okay is she is she still going to be dewdrop
1: i uh, double d wow <laughs> the other story i had was former wwe presidents michelle wilson and george barris are now involved with bolero b-o-w-l-e-r-o the largest bowling center operator in the u.s which is set to go public in the next few weeks bolero will be first merging with a Special Purpose Acquisition Corporation, SPAC for you kids who don't know stock, and then going public with a valuation of $2.6 billion. Bolero owns 322 bowling centers nationwide, about 8% of the 3,700 in the country. About 140 of the centers are upscale bowling ones, very much unlike the traditional bowling alleys of the past. Thanks, Dave Meltzer. While the other 182 are more traditional. Part of going public would be to upgrade the others. The hope is that the ability to legally gamble on bowling will increase the number of times people bowl over the course of a year. And such would be almost all profit. Now, here's here's a few things that you should know number one you can gamble on bowling anytime you just say hey hey jeff i bet you 20 (laughs) bucks i'm gonna kick your ass in bowling." there you go that's not that hard to gamble on bowling i do it all the time number two if it didn't go through an ipo this thing if if you were thinking possibly hey this would be a great in Post-SPAC mergers are the most hammered play in the stock market right now. I don't know what it is because I'm invested in a few of these, but everybody has just decided they no longer like the post spec mergers. They, they want to short the hell out of this thing. And it's going to, it's <laughs> Bolero may be bankrupt by the end of next year. We may be talking about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to wind it back here. Uh, So they have 8% of the market share in the bowling lane industry, which is an industry that has been not really on fire here the last couple of years and has been on a decline for the last 15, 20, the outlook's not great. Um, They're a small competitor in there. You have, other places, like insofar as bowling still exists, it exists in entertainment centers where you yes. also have laser tag and you have arcades. It's or, a place to take the family. It's not a high class. Let's go and bowl sort of thing. No, like No,
1: I, I disagree slightly in big cities there. They've been making attempts and there are a few of these here in LA and especially Hollywood. The uh, it's bowling combined with the club atmosphere. So it's like, you know it's it's super expensive bowling.
0: you know what they it's actually have one of those dress. here in dallas they have yeah. one of the here uh down in the heavily gentrified deep elm district yes they're now. trying
1: to they're trying to take it out of the there's one at universal city there's one at hollywood and highland here it, they're trying to take it out of the blue collar thing and make it cool for the hip kids now now it, it, with,
0: with yours did they try candle pin bowling because that's what they're doing in mine
1: what's is that
0: duck pins the 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 not the fat ones, that's like the small ones, and you use a smaller ball.
1: Yeah, that's duck pins, from what what I know. Okay, they, see, they I, 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 pin, that,
0: I I in Massachusetts we learned it as candle pin, and no, yeah, I've always no. Always their
1: them. big thing is that you know you have the neon pins, and they turn the lights off, and the balls glow, and you get drunk, and you know there's a dance floor. I believe in one of these things, but it's still like twenty bucks a game to bowl, which is effing ridiculous in my opinion.
0: Yeah, but if you have enough drinks and, you know, you, you let the chemicals really take over and all those yeah. neon, all the neons kicking in, you're just vibing. You don't care anymore.
1: And then you start gambling on bowling, which is nothing but pure. Throwing out $20 bowling. bills all over the place. Yeah, yeah sure. Whatever. Uh, yeah. And th- that's all I had for the news because, hey, it's late. This will probably be a shorter show than usual. But tonight, kids, was full gear. Twenty twenty one. Once again, AEW putting on a Actually, they had satellite time between 8 and midnight, went off the air at 11.59 exactly, Chris. Uh, first of all, let's, uh, what's your overall impression of the show?
0: Oh, God, I thought it was a very strong show, broadly speaking. Um, yeah. Most matches brought it with, like, one exception. Um, and I think that for the fan base... The conclusion of the main event delivered what AEW fans want. And from a business perspective, you've got to applaud that. Look, uh, AEW fans want Hangman to be the champion. Um, they don't necessarily care how they got there so much either. Um, and they're, they're, they're happy to go on the ride and they're there for it. Um, so I thought it was a very strong show for them.
1: I thought it was strong. I didn't think it was as strong as, as All Out. I, 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 and that's a tough bar to cross.
0: Yeah, but like we, we've come a long way from the yes. exploding barbed wire of doom. Yes,
1: I, I will give you that. I thought they kind of went back a little to the jam band instincts here, though. It felt like every match was about five to 10 minutes too long in many ways, with the exception of the main event.
0: I, I, will, I definitely will concur with that. I think that, I mean, the, the matches are going so hard. That I was willing to indulge it. But, yeah, like, no, I. I, you could have definitely edited all these matches down to make a stronger edit of each one of these matches.
1: Okay, so for the record, for all the Twitter people, both Chris and I enjoyed this pay-per-view. Now we are going to nitpick. starting with the pre-show Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa beating Jamie Hader and Nyla Rose by pinfall. Did you get a chance to see this on the pre-show?
0: I did not. I was actually still editing. Like we had talked and then I wanted to get the edit of don't worry out, which you can go and catch it. Don't worry. TV. <laughs> nice plug.
1: Anyways, uh, the story of this match with Serena. D was in the front row. Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero end up injuring Hikaru Shida's knee. But Thunder Rosa pins Jamie Hayter, who did her weekly spot of throwing her legs out from under her when somebody does a top rope, top turnbuckle dive off of her. It's a very impressive spot. I just see it every week. That's all. So that, so you get the Thunder Rosa-Britt Baker story going, and then you have an excuse for Sheeta to lose to Nyla Rose and continue the Serena deep feud, in my opinion. An okay match. I thought it overstayed its welcome a little bit. It felt a little disjointed, to be honest with you. Especially because there was no real reason for Hater and Rose to be tagging other than to get these two stories going.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just the Britt Baker stuff's kind of been a holding pattern story line wise. It doesn't mean the matches aren't good. It just means the story is not necessarily you know super intriguing. And Hater, for her part, um, I, she's got a lot of fan support. Uh, would I, but like I I think she also still kind of needs you know some work a little bit. She can be rough, she can be rough in spots
1: starting off hot we had mjf defeating darby allen by pinfall a <laughs> as he said a uh, what was it? something over headlock t- t- he said he was going to he did the, he did with the move after hitting the uh, i'm gonna ring. beat
0: you with a headlock takeover headlock
1: takeover thank you it's late i apologize once again but yeah that's what it was after the ring shot after the shot with the ring was hidden thought the these two really had great chemistry going after the initial gymnastics, you know, with the, with the arms and, and, you know, the rolling around and whatnot, I thought this match really got going and got good. Uh, MJF sometimes doesn't get a lot of credit for his in-ring work because he can sometimes be a little spotty at times, other people's opinion, not mine. And, you know, they, he relies on the personality, but, he and Darby make magic together, I think.
0: Yeah, I I like their chemistry. I like the story that they're telling. I think this is going to be a really fun feud for both of them. And I'm very in on the AEW pillars thing mm-hmm. that they've started building up here. I think that that's just like a solid.
1: Or as Jim Ross called it, the four pillows of AEW
0: yeah, I mean, you got to have a lot of pillows. You need yeah. to have leg support. You want a couple for your head. If you're a side sleeper, you got to have one of those, too. I mean, if you've got, mo- let's say you have a cat. Let's say you have several cats. You want to have a pillow for each one of your cats. There you go. The for the four pillows of AEW. Put them <laughs> on your bed. Uh, anyways, so I like this storyline. I think that this feud is good, and I think it's good for these these guys to have feuds with one another like an mjf is going to be the antagonist for most of them because he's going to be kind of the forever heel here sammy you know will sort of oscillate back and forth a little bit darby is basically a baby face but mjf will always be a heel of these four pillars and i think that's great i obviously orange Casting never will be so well, like he's, he's
1: not the fourth pillow
0: is is he not? I thought he was the pillow. Jungle boy. It, oh, jungle boy. But Jungle Bill's not going to be a. He's he's not a. He's a he's a baby face.
1: Uh, we'll get into that a little bit during okay. during their match. Uh, and also I I love the story with the ring. I love the continuity. It's coming up on on that time again where, <laughs> and I think this is how they're going to end up splitting up Wardlow and MJF. I don't think he's going to win the ring for the third year, and I think that's going to lead to that feud coming down the road. I like that he mentally broke Darby in a way uh and and i like that uh he 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 fulfilled his promise even by cheating i I really liked that part i just thought it was a great opener even though the heel won usually you don't want the heel winning in your opening match because you want the crowd to be excited blah 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 but i I really no no
0: no no, but i I think that this is really smart too because you want to get out of the way the why won't darby allen and mjf have a wrestling match yeah criticism that might get lobbed at the dark because like look darby allen you don't have to like this. This is just what he does. He likes having these kind of story street fight matches and these story street fight feuds. And that's that's the type of work he wants to do. And that's ultimately where this MJF and Darby Allin feud's going to settle in on. And that's fine. They now have had the wrestling match. The wrestling match was good. I see nothing here that makes me go, oh, man, I wish they would just have a longer, like, 30-minute wrestling match now. No, we got it out of the way. We're good to go. Let's move on to the more aggressive blood and gut stuff that they want to do and, you know, continue the feud onward.
1: The Lucha Brothers, Penta El Cerro Miedo and Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahantes defeated FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler with Tully Blanchard by pinfall. Chris, the floor is yours.
0: No, I want to go to you. What do you think? What do you, what, what do you got to say on this?
1: I think FTR and the Lucha Brothers can chain together spots pretty well. I don't think they have chemistry. I think this match was very good, especially once Penta, Penta has to get his sports entertainment hand gestures out of the way, and then he started to get in here, but I thought overall it was a good match, but it felt didn't feel like a great FTR match. It felt like Dax was a very good base for for the two. Uh, I really lo- I love his brain busters. I think his brain busters are so fantastic. Uh, I liked <laughs> I liked Cash Wheeler trying to flick his hair at the beginning, like he had a mullet that he's desperately trying to. Dr-
0: no, he's throwing <laughs> out that mullet. He's that trying mullet, to grow no, it out, but it's for failing. That it's, mullet. it's
1: failing right now <laughs> that mullet. Um, and I just, it was one of those things where the ending felt meh, like I was almost certain they were going to take the mask off of him. It's going to be the wrong guy, dusty finish, you know, or no contest or whatever. And that would be the end of it. But instead they, they held on to the decision there with the wrong guy being pinned so that you can have a little feud later. But I, I, I thought the match was good, not great. And that the ending was kind of a little bit meh.
0: Yeah, so I don't like the corn... Like, on one hand, yes, it's classic retro wrestling or whatever to have the mass wrestling, but, like, I think that they they kind of done it, and it was done at that point. It was silly to have that be the crux of the pay-per-view match, and you sort of took my line from me of, okay, this was a fine match, sure. Like, they put together good spots, absolutely. FTR is very good. The Lucha Brothers are very good. Um, They don't have good chemistry together. But more importantly, if you're trying to grade this on the curve of good FTR matches, like this falls short of some of those matches they had involving like the Authors of Pain. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I just think that they are capable of much better matches. And so... In this sense, you could say it's a good match. Okay, I won't quibble with you on that, but, like, I'm going to stick to my guns on it. They underperformed. That, like, the sum was less than the parts.
1: I will agree there, and I'll continue on. Because you threw it to me, I will throw it back to you this time. Brian Danielson defeating Miro in the number one contenders tournament by submission. Interesting choice, I thought. Uh Thought there might be a shot Miro wins this so they could do a rematch of Paige. You know, not not necessarily clean, but there. But uh what did you think of this match, Chris?
0: Oof. All right. So I just like changed my light the wrong way. Um, so I I liked this match. I thought that this finish, like having Danielson go over was interesting just given the way that the pay-per-view finished off. And so I think what I liked the most about this match is it really created a ton of intrigue into the main event and some real doubt that Page was going to win the main event. You could see a real plausible way forward where Danielson and Omega revisit their time limit draw, and like that was going to be the crux of the title feud between Danielson and Omega. And so I I thought that this was... A, a clever bit of placement in the card and i'm with you like this to me was a jam bandy match like remember when you said you know, yes. about? yeah this this is this is one of them i i didn't necessarily think i didn't necessarily think there was like a great story here I, like they're great I, I like these two guys together but I, I just thought that, you know, at 20 minutes, that this was a bit long.
1: Here was my issue with it, and I, and I this is not my original point. This is one Paul Ace Fontaine over at Fight Game Media who I just did a show with, and I thought it was a great point. The first half of this match was Daniel Bryan versus Rusev. It was very WWE. And then they got to brass tacks, and they started having a wrestling match in AEW. It was almost as if a switch turned on. Now, for me, I wanted more of the brian danielson matches he's been having on aew shows i wanted more chop 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 beating a guy down beating a guy down type of thing and mostly having miro do that to brian danielson until danielson you know comes back and shows that he's all heart and can get back in there i thought you know first half of this match felt very wwe to me and i the, the other thing i liked was i liked the uh the the next story and the continuity there. Now eventually they're gonna have to find a way around this. I don't know how, but they're gonna have to find a way where Miro's neck is not always the target of of somebody.
0: So I'll, I'll go one step further. Um, given that we are building to like a Danielson Page match now, but this works even with like a potential Danielson Omega match. I think Danielson needed to have a really dominant win over Miro and really? it be it. Yeah. And be the upset of the night because now you have this, especially with like the, the little post-match uh, or post-show scrum here where Danielson's uh dressed up like a soccer coach and is kind of talking about how he's here to like win and he's not trying to make friends or whatever. Was he doing um, the, a
1: Ted Lasso thing
0: or what? Uh, no, no, he just, oh. you know, Danielson always wears his fitness outfits and he looks like a wrestling coach now or like a soccer coach or something. Um, and he is sort of like, I'm, I'm not here to make friends. And obviously the crowd's going to be be behind Adam page. I think making Danielson look like a world beater on a mission to win the title right now um, adds a lot of credible intrigue. I would have added a lot of credible intrigue into the main event because you would have had a really credible number one contender coming after the title as it were, I don't, believe that danielson's beating hangman adam page and whenever they meet up so like like there's a you know so you thought um, there was
1: more intrigue in danielson and omega which probably okay
0: Yes, and, but but like I still think, regardless, if you're going to turn Danielson sort of de facto heel for this page match, it'd be better to have him super hot after a dominant win over Miro rather than like uh fighting from underneath underdoggy sort of match. I, I I guess what I'm saying is I'm a little bit over underdog Brian Danielson, okay. and I think yeah, and, and I think like this match, a big criticism of it that I have is that like he's doing this underdog thing. Which would be fine, but mm.
1: you want Chris Benoit out of Brian Danielson,
0: especially if you're not planning on belting him anytime soon. Okay, I, yeah,
1: but you know what I'm saying, you know, that like
0: Benoit yeah, and WCW,
1: yeah. like fighting the barbarian and Ming, like he's just you know, just chopping the crap and screw you, I can hang with you guys, that kind of thing.
0: Yes, okay. yes, or, or yeah, a little, little Ken Shamrock when he uh, Shamrock, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Tomohiro Ishii, who's coming in, by the way. Uh, Christian Cage in the Jurassic Express, defeating the Super Click by pinfall in a false Count Anywhere match. I think it's my turn. This is my jam band match. This thing went on 10 minutes way too long.
0: I like... <laughs> and, and the first, like, six minutes of it are the same song that The Young Bucks...
1: They're doing tags in a, in a false count anywhere match. What are you doing? I mean, and, and you got two geeks with you who could join in on the fun. I mean, what, what are we doing here? I mean, we'll get to that later with the Minnesota, Minneapolis street fight. But my goodness, uh, I liked New Jack Christian Cage jumping off the balcony. I know that was a little, look, he's 47. I know it's not wasn't the most smooth spot in the world, but I enjoyed that. I liked the story they told with Jungle Boy here. Jungle Boy is embracing his dark side, and it, it kept happening throughout the match. Like, when he got rid of the Bucks, and he had the chair, and he put it down, he just kind of cockily was crossing his legs, and then Paige, or not Paige, but Cole kicks his head off. I thought that was a great spot, but it ends with Christian handing him the chair saying, do the concerto, and they were trying to pull this off as a babyface move, but this felt like, this felt like you know, Luke's joining the dark side here. To me, I, I I don't know about you, um, but I enjoyed the brawl for what was. Look, this is the party match. I don't didn't need this to be a technical wizard thing. I, this was a perfectly fine party match that probably overstayed its welcome a bit too long at the party.
0: Okay, so on the match first. Definitely with you, Jam band. I like this closing stretch a lot. I thought this closing stretch is about. Luchasaurus
1: you know, was great. In this closing. Yeah, stretch. Yeah, I, I
0: know. I was like, I, this is peak Jurassic express for me. I don't, I, you know, I don't know what else you you can want from this team. I. Am now second guessing myself on the finish of this match. Cause at first I, I just interpreted it as a baby face spot, but then now I'm thinking about the finish of the pay-per-view and like, how am I supposed to interpret the Young Bucks doing what they, the, the Young Bucks WWE melodrama stuff there at the end oh, of the show? We will get to that, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I I don't, like, maybe, okay, okay. Hawkins, I got it. I got it. When Jungle Boy smashed Matt Jackson's head or with the chair. Uh-huh. He thought about everything. All the thoughts from the last six months rushed through the back of his head, through the front of his head, and he remembered that he was being a bad person. And he reconsidered stuff in the main event.
1: See, I thought you were going to say this is where he becomes a jungle man. I was really no.
0: Although we're we're inching closer to him just being Jungle Jack, which I think is going to be an improvement. Fine. that is yeah, fine
1: yeah. with me because you know, <laughs> then what will Wolf Ross call him? <laughs> Oh yeah, we're getting to that, but uh, let's let's
0: go. I, I am very well, excited. No, one, one last thing though. I, okay. I think a star, a, a solid building performance for Jungle Boy, right? Yes. Like, like yeah, yes. you, yeah, you can't quibble with this. I mean, I, I either way, and he a gets the big pinball. Christian had his
1: game on tonight too. I, I he think rules. I, I mean, it's, it's weird. People were complaining about him beating up all three guys, but look at him. He's a giant compared to all three of those other guys.
0: I have no notes on Christian. I think he's awesome. I, he's Love absolutely underperforming, overperforming during this run here, and I think he's underrated.
1: I, I do as well. Uh, thoughts now that we have a bit of a break. Uh, Tomahiro Ishii coming in, being Orange Cassidy's tag partner against the Butcher and the Blade on Wednesday.
0: I think it will be... A fun match that will nicely protect Ishii and he won't like go super hard. He's gonna do the overseas special, yes, where he comes in and does a handful of moves. And especially with Orange Cassidy, there, there's gonna be skitlets and bitlets, and Cassidy's gonna be like the cool, funny guy, and Ishii's gonna be the straight man. And then at the end, there'll be like a little moment of whimsy where Ishii cuts loose, but just for a moment. And, like, it will be fine. Okay. The maybe faces will prevail.
1: Cody Rhodes and Pac with Arn Anderson defeated Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo with Jose the assistant by pinfall. Chris, you get your first crack at this one.
0: So, I was waiting this entire match for Pac to turn on Cody Rhodes and join up with Andrade's (laughs) faction because he makes perfect sense. Stick with me here. Andrade is putting together a faction of people who he used to work with in NXT, all of whom are former champions. Mm -hmm. PAC fits this mold to a T Um, and it would have made perfect sense right here to have PAC turn on Cody Rhodes and join up with uh, Andrade and with Malachi Black. And this crowd hates Cody. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with this faction afterwards. You have to move him on from Cody Rhodes. But I, I think that that's the play here. And, you know, I get that Cody is playing around with this, right? Like, he's sort of, like, having fun with yeah. it or whatever. But, like, it, it's still just because he's doing that doesn't mean that it's working.
1: Okay. My turn. I, app- it was a little, the, the, Cody pack stuff. I get it. He was teasing the heel thing. Cause he knew he was going to get booed this entire time. And I think they were hoping for the end there that had come around because pack got the pin that then they get the cheers, especially with the people. And it didn't work. The other thing that was not, H- her-
0: do they really not know this at this stage of the game? Like I, 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 they no, it, what it doing- beggars belief that like, they don't get that, but I, I mean, it, he you is really, playing really a game.
1: Cody is playing a game. He knows exactly how he is thought of, and that is why they built the match this way. But at the same time, he—I do- think—he really does not want to turn. I do. I think he wants. To- I think he wants to do it out of almost spite, where he's like, you know what? I, you guys I get that,
0: want. but it's getting in the way of Andrade and the everyone else who's booked in the scene with him. You know what I mean? It's it's yes. the guy who wants to be. Who, who's who's assigned to be the straight man, deciding that they want to be the zany guy who delivers zingers in your improv team, and now <laughs> like, like, like and, and it makes the rest of the scene not be able to operate. So
1: Hawkins on the team? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. The thing that wasn't earned to me was the Malachi Black Andrade Elo uh, dissension. I was like, what the hell is that? They've been getting along for the past two weeks. Are you kidding me with this? What and what I thought was that because the dissension between Cody and pack and Malachi and Andrade, Il- Idolo, I thought Cody and Andrade, we going to eventually become a kind of a makeshift team here and turn on both their partners. I, I just, I didn't understand what that was all about. Well, especially- well
0: what does that tell you about the storytelling?
1: that was being too clever that was was, oh we're going to have both teams have dissension so you don't know what's going to go on and who's going to turn on them first and then of course after the match because they are still they were hired for two weeks they they said they were sold for two weeks like they're not slaves they're mercenaries (laughs) ftr comes out camera shot kind of gets there late to the party but uh tully and ftr attack cody I don't know. Is this a faction or is this just going to move on?
0: I mean, that's uh, especially after the Andrade Malachi Black squabbling during the match. I'm as confused as you are at this point. Uh, and again, Cody, I guess, is still a baby face here. So it, I, like, it's just in the
2: hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. Off again, that's arena club.com slash vow net, arena club.com slash vow net for ten percent off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network.
0: It's unfortunate that there's not more coherence in this storyline because there are a lot of wrestlers I like involved in it, mm-hmm. but Cody Rhodes is miscast as the lead babyface (laughs) in this story, and there's just no two getting around it. He's, I'm not the crowd does not accept him as a babyface.
1: I agree, the crowd wants to hate him,
0: and, and he is insisting on playing a character. That is supposed to be the baby face. And, and, and the story only works if the character in that slot is a baby face that is sympathetic and is getting help from another sympathetic like friend or whatever. And, and, and even when Cody is like playing into it, the way he's squabbling with Pac doesn't actually make us cheer for these two guys to find a way to get along and work through their problems. Yep. It's more like we're cheering for Pac to get the win so that he can get on with his life.
1: Britt Baker, DMD with Rebel and Jamie Hader. Finally got some gear after changing out of her gear. Defeated Tay Conti. Ty Conti by Pinfall. Oh, I think we're gonna have some thoughts on this match, Chris. I think we're gonna have some thoughts. Would you like to get yours out of the way or shall I go?
0: No, you go you get to go first this time.
1: (sighs) All right, here we go. Number one, Ty Conti, great personality. We want her to be the person in the video for, for the promo for this match. That is judoko, someone who throws people around and kicks people. That's what she does well. You know what she doesn't do well? Everything else, pretty much. She is not good at basic stuff between the notes of professional wrestling yet. She's still working on that. Her acting is from the NXT Performance Center School of Acting, the Level Four O face all the time. The
0: selling, the the, the selling, she hasn't oh,
1: really got yet. Yeah. No, she 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 rightfully prayed doing doing the last rites before doing that moonsault off the top. Britt Baker is far too powerful as a heel. She's freaking. She is Thanos, whereas everybody going up against her is like a B-villain of some kind, or a B-hero. She kicked out of a gotch pile driver, for God's sakes, as a two. And let's not forget the worst part of this. All right, she does the curb stomp to Ty Conti on the stairs, and then throws her back in the ring, and then does another curb stomp on Ty. And the match keeps going going for a while because the story is she's trying to put the lockjaw on and she can't and so she's struggling with it and struggling with it and struggling with it and then finally in the midst of the struggling britt baker gets a pin on her to protect ty conti what she killed her with two curb stops what what more did you need it's just it was Tremendous overbooking. The problem was the lead up to this match for the last two weeks. Thunder Rosa has been the focus of it between Britt Baker. So nobody ever bought that Ty Conti might
0: win. And you've always got to have something for Rebel and Hater yes. to do in these matches now, which is my problem with Rebel and Hater. Like, if you like Britt Baker, which I do, this is the problem. Like, it, it, even when Baker gets wins. They're now always clouded by rebel and hater, which you can go. Well, she's a heel. They should be clouded. They shouldn't be clean wins or whatever. But like, it, it's better for Baker just period as a champion for her to win, especially because real talk on Jamie Hater. Fun, well liked, interesting things going on with her the baker hater feud is not going to be a year long feud no. uh it, that, that this is not this is not going to set the division on fire and go to new frontiers it will be a medium to short length feud maximum at this point um haters just you know, like you know she's not there uh for that so then it really kind of begs the question like like why you know i kind of got rebel um but i thought baker had outgrown rebel um, and by what i really was settling in on Baker and outgrown rebel, she adds another person on.
1: Ty Conti has improved since her NXT days. Don't get me wrong. She has improved leaps and bounds over her NXT days. The problem was her, her match that got her the gig on AEW dark was one where she just did judo throws and kicked people. Let's do that. Let's do that instead of the tumbling and the gymnastics that women's wrestling has turned into a lot. Make her bootleg Ronda Rousey, and she will be much better off than what she was here. The other thing she does really well is the fire-up spot. I think she's very good at that. But we need to work on her selling. We need to work on her acting a bit before we put her at the top of a card again. Uh, Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. You?
0: Yeah, I mean, I i you know we mentioned shamrock earlier like that would actually be a good touchstone for ty conti like mm-hmm. like really super intense babyface fire and if i was gonna do this match you know, with, with all the same characters or whatever involved i guess i would have her really beating up on rebel and hater on the outside but like The problem for Conti throughout the match is that she's constantly having to focus on Rebel and Hater on the outside, who she constantly has the better of, but keeps distracting her and gives enough distraction for Baker to get the win. Um, If you're trying to protect Conti, which I guess is the mission here, given the way they did the pinfall instead of the lockjaw, I think that's a better way to protect Conti. It makes her look stronger in the loss than, well, she loses in a weird situational pinfall thing.
1: CM Punk defeated Eddie Kingston by Pinfall. Go, it's your turn.
0: Oh man. Uh th- this is a great match. Um, okay. I have issues with some of the storytelling, but like, all right, putting oh. all that to Yay okay. hey, but but like I dude, I just like love this match. I mean like these guys have great chemistry together. Um CM Punk in this run, uh, he's a great promo, but he's really engaged in the ring too. I, I think the MMA time his changed his style in a really cool and fun way my issue with the story here is that, like eddie kingston was playing into the crowd too much when at the core of it kingston does not have a legitimate grievance with cm punk no one when asked can go oh yes kingston was right to go up and interrupt cm punk in that initial interview yeah like punk was like oh i want an apology or whatever but like even kingston's argument that no one wanted cm punk to come back to aew and wrestle again like that's a patently false argument okay let me let me ask you this is the heel here
1: the backfilling of the punk mistreated me on the indies didn't sway you at
0: all no okay no, because, like, I, I mean, that's sort of the way one reverse engineers any sort of grievance, right? Like, you right. go, okay, yeah, I interrupted him. Why'd you do that? It wasn't because, it wasn't because of the indies, right? Like, he just, it, Kingston came and interrupted him because he was upset that he lost to Brian Danielson fair and square. Mm. Like, you know, that, that you know, or, it, that's right, yeah, he, like, he tapped out, right? Yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, no, I, I think the the oh i was being treated badly on the indies thing is the thing that a person does to justify why they did a bad thing like oh uh, he did something to me five years ago you don't understand um you know like don't is is it is it a sign of health and growth jeff letting go of things in the past
1: I, I don't know I, <laughs> i'm the wrong guy to ask I, 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 to don't, I don't
0: grow either so i i'm asking you more as like uh in, in case i ever as, decide to as, a, as, a, as, as a, if, if i ever go for betterment at some point in my life
1: as a man of faith i am supposed to forgive my enemies i have a hard time doing how's that bit. going <laughs> ah, sometimes and, this week not so much especially after my review uh <laughs> Look, I this is my favorite match of the night. I loved this match. I adored it. I loved the violence. I loved the fight. They did not start with a lockup. Thank God. Loved the the back fist spot to start off with. The knock him loopy. Shout out to Shoni Carter versus Matt Sarah. I dug that. I dug the CM Punk tease of the Cena spot. I liked that a lot. I liked the the knees leading up to the GTS. I loved just the glare of CM Punk to the audience when they were booing him while he was doing the MMA stuff to set up the go to sleep because that's a nice little seed. If we're going to make Punk the cocky, you've become what you hate in this world type of thing, that's the kind of thing that will pay off in the long run. And I loved that Kingston refused to shake the hand afterwards. But, you know, this is bloody. This is brutal. This is a fight. This is everything I wanted this match to be.
0: Yeah, I think the crowd gave Punk a neat little moment to plant a seed and he did it he did a good thing there but like mm-hmm. it uh, to your point like the blocking of this match is that at the end of the match Punk's shaking going out to shake the hand of Kingston after all of that like Kingston picked a fight for no reason they had a rough fight Punk's like, oh, I hope we buried the hatchet. The story here is that Punk's the face and, and Kingston's the heel. Oh, and the it, and the crowd didn't go along with it. And Punk made like le- really, really, really good lemonade out of like a bit of a lemon from the crowd. But like this blocking here it, on either side of this is that Punk was the baby face.
1: Yeah, it's well, okay. I, I can give you that. I, I I viewed it straight with him offering the congratulations to Eddie. I did. But there's also just that part of subtext that's in the back of your head that's like when you lost a Little League game and they're all lined up and you have to go shake their hand, and they're like, oh, good game. Good game. (laughs) And You know they don't mean it. They just want to say, yeah, we whooped your ass. That's what we did.
0: I I just think, like, if you're sympathetic to Eddie at the end of this storyline, you're working out some stuff. You know, and and that's okay. Sometimes we are all going through it. Yes, but 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 like Punk's the face and Eddie's the heel, and it's okay to go through it. Everyone's allowed to go through it.
1: The Inner Circle defeated the Men of the Year and American Top Team by pinfall in a Minneapolis straight fight. Oh, did I hate this match?
0: <laughs> so this is a great match for me to call uh, Cody, who won't come on the show, uh, and, and I used this opportunity to call Cody because I had limited interest in this match. So tell me what you thought.
1: All right, here's the good of the match. I look, Sammy Guevara diving off that tall ladder onto, uh, yeah, onto. Saw the, that. Saw that. That was, that great. was cool. Ethan Page, the perfect guy to do the Baron Von Raschke tribute spot. I'm here for that because he's a guy that does. How old is
0: Baron Von Raschke, by the way?
1: I believe he's like 85.
0: My goodness.
1: Yeah, I am I uh, I enjoyed that because, you know, and look, he hammed it up too. Good for him. Other than that, F this match. Um, because I felt the entire pacing and everything was bad. The presentation should have been thought
0: out a little bit more. Just... Oh, I have one note. I have one note. Go ahead. You know what was absolutely anticlimactic? Jericho and Dan Lambert's big final confrontation at the yes. end. Yes. That stunk. That was so not exhilarating. Lambert, there was no satisfaction in watching Lambert get what Jericho mustered up for an ass kicking. Uh the Eddie spot. It maybe a touch feels for people. It, not, not for me. Not for me. Here
1: are some issues I had with this match because, number one, you don't start a street fight off with tags. I'm sorry. You go into it. It's right there in the name. Street fight. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to talk. Sorry.
0: Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I, I'm with you on this, too, because, like, look at the way they've been doing the storytelling. Like, like that these, these teams hate each other. Lambert for his part is backed up in a corner. And so he would need to get an advantage early on. So like he should be really kind of like hyper ruthless early and often.
1: A lot of my issues come out of the presentation of Dan Lambert and American top team. I got to be honest with you because there's two stories you can tell here. Number one, Dan Lambert old school as old school can get referencing championship wrestling from florida when he has him in the Los of so dan lambert needs to come out here knee pads over blue jeans cut off shirt with a weight belt you know coal miners gloves two bandanas of in ridiculous places and cowboy boots and ready for the fight where he is phony tough and he is going to be the man to come in here on this street fight And then eventually becomes a coward. That's fine. Or if you're going to have him look like the dope in the velour sweatsuit, which it was, even though the mannerisms were for the other thing, it was for the being the toughest guy in the room. All of American top team and the men of the year need to be in sweatsuits. This is like a fight in the dojo. This is going to be simple because we have real MMA skills. I mean, they're coming out as Cobra Kai out here dressed uniformly and everything like that and then the inner circle should be coming out with chains and baseball bats and wrenches and whatever and then it dawns on them: oh yeah it's a straight fight we're in for it right now that's the two stories you could tell and they told neither of them junior dos santos was game but man he missed his cue on the lion salt and it showed Andre Arlovsky was okay here, but really this had to be carried by Sky and Paige. And it was, but this match was a mess to me. I didn't enjoy it at all.
0: I guess one other thing you could do is have Dan Lambert put himself in some sort of cage or something. You, know, you can do the shark cage thing because the whole story is built around Jericho wanting to pin Lambert. Yes. The, and so you have Lambert put himself in a, how could you get me if I'm up here sort of yes, situation?
1: The correct story to have told here was that it, it should have been Men of the Year and American Top Team without Lambert in some ways. And if they win, Chris Jericho gets five minutes with Dan Lambert, maybe in a cage, whatever. But yes, and he's in a shark cage over over the ring or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I like the entire that. time just cut
0: coaching them from like yes, 12 feet above. Yes, yes,
1: doing that. Hey, you gotta do that. Or maybe he drops something from the cage or whatever. Yeah, that that would have been a lot easier than what they did here. Don't get me wrong. Dan Lambert game as hell game as hell to do some of these things, but everything he was involved in looked bad to me tonight.
0: I I think that Dan Lambert, like he's overdoing it now, but I think Dan Lambert's definitely got something like, like there's a thing that he does and he's good at it. Uh, But this, I mean, it was too much. It, it of course had the Jericho sensibilities, and the blocking of this match was very WWE esque. And I, yeah, I, I just thought the big payoff moment fell flat for me. So you know, it's it, but it, Jericho's been doing a lot of these. Where like the big storyline payoff moment at the end of these Jericho stories is falling onto cushions yes, or it is falling into a tub of orange juice. (laughs) I mean, like he does not know how to finish the story. He's worse than M. Night Shyamalan.
1: And also he's a weekly performer when he needs to be a special attraction at this point, in my opinion. So before we get to the main event, it was announced that Jay Lethal is all elite. Twitter kind of in a bit of a buzz because Jay Lethal some grooming accusations um he was manipulative as a boyfriend nothing that crosses the line per se but it's in the general neighborhood i am of the opinion though just getting back to the wrestling aspect i think jay lethal is a one match guy in all elite i i just it's one of those things where i don't see the long-term prospects of jay lethal in aew i'm sure Tony loves, I mean, look, I love Jay Lethal as Ric Flair in TNA. He was fantastic there. He's a great wrestler. He's a very good champion of Ring of Honor. He's come out and he's challenged Sammy Guevara on Wednesday for the TNT title. That's the ceiling right there. To me, that's his ceiling, unless they're going to turn him into black machismo because they used pomp and circumstance for him coming out, but then he's just a comedy guy. I don't see... I don't see the use of, of of him in a long-term story. I'm glad I'm glad he was signed. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad he has a job. But to me, there are guys like the Briscoes who have much more upside, and I'm hoping they follow.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess where Lethal maybe fits into the picture as as a heel-facing Adam Page, as a guy Adam Page can beat.
1: Okay. I can see that. I just don't see how you build him up to the point where you think he has a shot against Adam Page.
0: Uh you know, we'll get into Adam Page when we get to Adam Page here. I I, I think like I that's coming up next, but yes. I, that that's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. Um I, I'm with you, like signing lethal, okay. It adds more people into a mid card that already has a lot of people in the mid-card. Uh hard to really see he's a guy who can headline
1: aew dark and aew dark elevation every week there you go but i think bobby fish has more upside than Jay lethal
0: yeah uh, but similar similar upside uh and, and and it's like you know i just i i do struggle to sort of see after like an adam page program what Jay Lethal does other than like slot into a tag team and be, you know, part of just the regular yeah. AEW weekly mid card.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are guys, it's full of, <laughs> the card is full of those guys, the Hardy Family Office. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't see it. That's uh, I,
0: I mean, even if you didn't have the inner circle and you know, won't like, looks like Omega might be, you know, like even half of the
1: pinnacle. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, like, even if you didn't have a lot of the people who are like kind of your main top of the card guys right now, you'd still have a pretty bloated mid card, even if you just slotted everybody up again. uh I, I, That's the one thing I struggle with with AEW is just it, as a long, I struggle with in terms of I think it's going to be a struggle for them. You got to, you know, what a guy like Kazarian's in the mix here. You got to yeah. have something for him to do. You know, you got to be still thinking about Jungle Boy and what Jungle Boy's doing. They've, they're doing a pretty good job of that. But, like, just a lot of mouse that need to be fed. And at Jay Lethal doesn't, he, he can't be a priority item. You're not going to, like, book Jay Lethal to the moon. Uh, So where does he go? He's not going to win the TNT title off of Sammy Guevara. That would be a weird move. Have him win the TBS title. You know, like that, that's kind of the tier that Lethal's looking at.
1: Finally, the main event Hangman Adam Page defeating Kenny Omega by pinfall. Chris, it is your turn, you lucky dog.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I was watching the match and I was trying to think about what it is about Kenny Omega that makes me feel like he is over like, certainly he's a bit of a hype train, at least right now online compared to where he actually is. And I sort of put my finger on it midway through this match. I was thinking about this, ma- this match and it was not even close to when he had his match with Danielson. Um, this match was fine. That, fine. Um, I've, he was doing better work in New Japan stuff. I, I think that Omega, for his part as a heel, has okay selling for a heel and subpar offense as a heel. I think that he doesn't get into a good momentum or rhythm as a heel and while he delivered some moves crisply um like the uh turnbuckle like the somersault uh powerbomb off of the turnbuckle that was pretty dope I mean there are also moves like along the way that uh lacked Christmas like he did not get all of a hurricane Rana they, like I, I'm not gonna go like move for move but I was like paying attention because I wanted to have like a a thought out opinion on this and and I thought that I mean, this is the other thing. Kenny as a heel basically relies on cutesy wootsy stuff. Like I'm going to, I'm teasing the buckshot lariat and that sort of thing. That's sort of his bread and butter as, as a heel here. And then getting into the finish of the match. I, I just don't think like, okay. the The story I guess is, Matt and Nick are still Adam Page's friends too. But I didn't think they really earned the Kenny turning I didn't think they really earned the Kenny you've gone too far moment here. Um and and, and I didn't really see like a point along the way here where like it really felt like that that's where we're going. So um I I mean look, uh I think the Obviously, the crowd really liked it. The crowd really liked the outcome. I think it sent it sent all the fans home happy, um, which is important. Like and, and like, let us not. Let us not understate that, because there have been big AEW shows where that has not been the case, and it is important for them to actually establish for a ticket buyer that you are going to have a satisfactory experience that you enjoy. That does not mean every main event needs to be a happy ending, but like they did it, and that was good. Um, but I, I, this was not like a super memorable match for me. To be completely honest, like I I mean, it was okay.
1: To me, it was the wrong kind of match. This was the place where you needed your G1 final work rate special between Kenny and Adam Page, where Adam Page overcomes Kenny Omega, pins him clean. One, two, three. And then everybody goes home happy. He's the champion. You can have the Dark Order thing afterwards.
0: He it's, needs a really dominant performance, right? Like he, he like, no, I, don't that even f-
1: think, I don't even think you need a dominant performance. I just think you need to get rid of the sports entertainment in this, in this match, the, the Don Callis, you know, entry after
0: the ref bump, Matt the, and Nick showing up essentially the Bucks in a way the Bucks, story, they give, him. they give the match to Adam page. Essentially yes, yes. It, it's, it's like, no, no, you win the match. Is essentially what the Bucks were doing there. It's like they could have interfered, they didn't, and it sort of makes them the center point of the moment instead of making Adam Page the center point of the moment. I'm with you. The like
1: whole, the whole point of this story was that Adam Page he had needed lost to his- finally
0: overcome Kenny Omega, the guy he won the t- tag titles with, the guy who was like better, who beat him in that uh, tournament for the title. Like, like th- this was really a Kenny and adam page yes. storyline yes and with the bucks inserting themselves at the finish it took away from what was really like a story about the two of them
1: well yes and and let let's let me expand upon that a little bit because the story was you know page tried to beat omega and Omega beat him in the tournament and then was the tag t- chance with him and turned on him and it's like you, you're nothing without me. You can't be on your own. And then you know, he joins these losers in the dark order who are his support group. But it's like, no, guys, you know what? I need to go away for a while. I need to learn to be on my own. I need to stand on my own two feet, blah, blah, blah. So he goes away and he does the entire you know, reshaping of it, you know, dumping the alcohol for the most part type of thing, you know, getting, his, getting his mind right, coming back, winning the chip. So he gets the, gets the title match. And then in the end, it all becomes about the approval of Matt and Nick Jackson again. He's not standing on his own. He's he's oh, I miss my friend so much.
0: Uh, you can have a title as a treat.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it wasn't even. It was like we approve. You're 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 forgiven, Hangman by by two guys who beat the crap out of you. Or, Look, I I don't mind the the elite interworking type things because it's going to be interesting with you know cole and omega and they were teasing some dissension there a little bit and now the bucks are involved but if the whole story is that adam page is his own man and he's going to be your super baby face champion right now strong baby face champion and he's still looking for approval from the young bucks he is not the powerful man that you were trying to make him out to be this entire storyline and it
0: kills it yeah, I mean, he is the beneficiary of being there of non-interference uh, uh, of on non-interference. being there on the day that the elite finally internally combusted, and he's not even really the catalyst for the elite's internal yeah. combustion. Like, uh, I mean, if I guess another way of doing this is if for weeks Adam Page had sort of been like planting seeds in Matt and Nick Jackson's head, um, and finally getting you know. And this is the big payoff in that moment. That'd be one thing. But Paige isn't even doing that. Um, you know, if anything, the Bucks have been solidly heel and and were embroiled in their own very heelish storyline earlier tonight with uh, the. Luke. Yes, yeah.
1: like like the way to do this is you get the you get the Jacksons limping down after their match. And then the dark order stops them and not by fighting them, but, but no, you can't go and they' then they back off and they go, no, we didn't want to go anyways. Page just kind of looks back at the two of them. They kind of look at him. He does the buckshot lariat on Kenny. One, two, three. They kind of give the, you know, you know mild thumbs up and walk away. And they're done with that story. And then the Dark Order come in the match and celebrate with him. Same thing. But without the, without the low self-esteem Adam Page.
0: It's not the same thing, though, because you no longer have the Bucks being the masters of fate right and, and that that's the real problem here um i I have no problem well we'll, we'll talk about Paige as championing the shot, right?
1: the shot on the jackson when when he's doing the buckshot lariat, and they missed the buckshot lariat was inexcusable uh,
0: that's sort of. I mean that like also does serve as a nice metaphor though for the No, right? Like like yeah. the, the the fact that like they they gave the direction to the camera team and the direction team. Make sure you get the Jacksons reaction shot to this. Yeah. I I hopefully Matt or Nick will be able to muster a tear here. Um you know, like a one lone tear comes down their eyes, Kenny gets felled. Um, yeah. Now I I Don't mind Paige's champion. I think that the roster is not super well constructed to support him is Mm -hmm. the one problem here. Paige, fans love him. Uh, He's a good wrestler. He is a beloved promo. That doesn't necessarily mean he's a great promo. Um, And while I know what you're saying, he needed a G1 style match. Page, you know, like, I mean, he's gonna have to, I think, work up to that level a little bit, or yeah. he's gonna need, he's gonna need dance partners who do that for him. Um, so one of the issues, given the way that AEW likes to utilize their champions, is what is the longer form Adam Page match going to look like on a regular basis, and who are the heels for him to go up against? You know, it, I I know they wanted to book against the grain here with Danielson prevailing over Miro. Miro versus Page is a much more natural first. Yes, it's a, it,
1: and it's it, a rematch. It,
0: It's a rematch. Yeah, it's a, it, it, you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes AEW does just like to, you know, pull a little swerve ski here, and, and it feels clever. And don't get me wrong, Danielson versus Page is going to be interesting. I, I'm looking forward to it. But what Page needs... Or a little bit of Hulk Hogan, monster of the week, yes. for 1987, right now. Or Cole. Uh, don't, don't don't overthink this. Or yeah. Adam
1: Cole. Or Adam those, Cole. You know, cocky yeah. guy who you think might take the ch- championship from him, but he, he goes. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, any other thoughts?
0: Um, thinking just in the immediate, who potentially gets the belt off a of page? I think MJF is has a to strong, be MJF. Yeah, a strong contender here, and and I think it. It will be, it will be a heist sort of scenario when MJF finally gets that title. It will be, you know, it'll be dirty, dirty as the day is long.
1: I think MJF is a strong choice because I think he's a stronger heel than Cody Rhodes. You know, I would still, I still posit that the way to do Cody is to have him win one of these chips or whatever, cash it in to do the title match, even though he's not supposed to win the title. And that's how you turn him heel. But I think oh, after-
0: I'll, I'll tell you what, man, Cody Rhodes going up against Adam Page. Like that would be perfect for Adam Page. He'd be so over the yes. crowd would be so like what the one thing I think they need to avoid with Adam Page. And, and I know we're already kind of cruising there with Danielson. They need to avoid the cool pairings where you have cool baby face versus other cool baby face. Adam Page needs to always be in scenarios
1: you need to avoid both these guys
0: yeah 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 both these guys needs to be avoided he can survive an occasional both these guys but largely speaking he needs to be on a steady diet of yay adam page boo the heel
1: agreed i'll do it for us i'm jeff hawkins you can follow me at crap game 13 and follow the show at shake them ropes you can follow chris at dwatg he said before earlier in the show, D W A T G stands for "Don't Worry About the Government." That's a Patreon show that he does about politics. He'll tell you about it right now.
0: Hawkins, you said this would be fifteen minutes. It would be. It would be exactly fifteen minutes, and then I could go back to bed, and it would be. I could turn the lights off, and I could be cozy and sleeping and dreaming about architecture. And this went on nearly an hour, possibly longer. I have not looked at the time. Don't worry about the government it can be found at don't worry.tv. It can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Patreon.com slash DWATG is where you can find it on Patreon. I get the YouTube episodes up usually a few days before I get around to editing the show. I'm also like, I, I think on Don't Worry on the on the Patreon here, I'm going to start doing more. I'm going to be posting the background music and stuff that I write for Don't Worry About the Government and talking more about the writing process and that sort of thing into the music. So if you're interested in all of that, go and check that out. Um, That, that will be come up there in the next week or two. I think we're going to start doing episodes. I just put out a new track here this week,
1: next week, survivor series preview, and hopefully starcade 1989. We'll try and get that in
0: good. night. Let's do it.